I think that people are stopping saying yes to. What what's stopping people from saying yes? Just made a huge list and I just made them all how to do this, how to do that. Hey folks, this is Michael Vizi from Amazing FBA Podcast for Amazon Sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-commerce Leader, which has got a slightly broader remit for all e-commerce sellers. In this deep dive episode, Jason Miles and I deep dive into a key e-commerce topic. Hope you enjoy the show. Is your Amazon private label business set to survive the downturn? Most sellers don't know. Surviving a downturn means squeezing out more profits and slashing waste. But many sellers don't know exactly where their business is making or losing money. If that's you, we can help. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a quick but powerful diagnosis of your biggest issue, just go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's Amazon Profit quiz.com to get your free instant analysis if you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 447 we are michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington more importantly you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Hey folks, welcome back to The E-commerce Leader, the place to be if you want to be the best e-commerce leader you can be. Today we're in the middle of talking about Jason and Kyle's latest uh, challenge. It's a five-day challenge, not a 30-day challenge this time, all about replans, which is a, an arbitrage and, and online arbitrage and retail arbitrage specifically. So we've been talking about the lessons learned from this, and we're going to continue with that today. So without further ado, let's plunge in and see what we can learn from the whole business of trying to run a challenge. Things that worked, things that didn't work so well, and overall lessons that you can take home and start acting on yourself. Let's plunge in. I guess most people you get to the idea that if it's five dollars that you might well be offered something else. But that's a little bit different from being sort of heavy sold to in, in the group yeah. yourself. And I guess yeah. but all I would say as well is irrespective of the exact price point, which is a tactical thing, getting known for good free content or low price content is actually a great branding building. Because I've seen two or three people in this industry, one of whom I used to work with, but I'm no longer an affiliate, so I'm not gonna give him the affiliate guy <laughs> because he's signing competing with me in a way, but He's done really, really great events. And he used to fill a free webinars with 3,000 people and mm -hmm. do so with a great reputation. And other people I know, like my friend Danny McMillan, who I will mention because we, we you know, help each other out in a lot of different ways here in London. And yeah. he's really done a lot of work speaking at events for free and has really built a brand of trust. But it's taken him years. I've, I watched him for several years thinking, dude, why are you doing this? You're going to go broke and liking him and wanting to, you know, wanting him to do well. But I think it's really paying off. So I think that you know, for what it's worth, I think that building really solid content and a reputation for that, the word does go around because because people quite quick quickly will suss you out and have a word in the forums yeah. and is this so and so any good? Oh no, it's a pitch fest, don't bother kind mm -hmm. of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think totally. that there's nothing wrong with that ever. So that's the first thing. Now I know you you were talking about the messaging and and then you had a little bit of a challenge with some of your top of funnel, you know, to get into this with the ads and things. So tell me yeah. a bit about yeah. that side of things. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the way we approach these things is full disclosure is there's sort of three sources of participant, you know, engagement and traffic. One is our own email marketing efforts and, and our own communications. Second one is our our advertising. And third one would be affiliate partners. And I think we learned some about each of those for, you know, in this challenge, just like we, you would every time you try to do an event like this. And in particular, on the Facebook ad side, the challenge we ran into in April when we did our last event was we just ran out of time. We didn't have enough time to do advertising and let it find its own way, you know, be, find its success. And so this time we deliberately had the event page and all the details out ready earlier in the cycle of when we were going to launch the event so that we could do more Facebook advertising. But Facebook's done a lot of updates and they're doing a lot of stuff in response to Apple. And so part of that was all of our audiences in Facebook had been obliterated, our custom audiences. And so we didn't have those to immediately put this in front of. So which we were like, oh, dang, we kind of knew that we had heard that. But then when you actually have to lean into your Facebook advertising, that's one of the tools you want to you want to go to. So, and that then takes just more time to rebuild. So we kind of found ourselves in a similar circumstance this time. We weren't happy with the Facebook advertising outcomes. So now I'll probably get pitched by a million Facebook advertising experts as I say that. But, <laughs> but that was one of the, you know, that was one of the lessons here was, okay, you know, we, another event where we weren't happy with our Facebook advertising outcomes, which, you know, that's why I always say to everybody that you, whenever you do marketing, never do one-off marketing. Do it, do it again and again. Keep, you know, keep doing the same thing long enough to learn lessons and become good at it. So that was one of the takeaways this time. Yeah. Yeah. Never do one off marketing. Yeah. That's very, very wise advice. I and mean, especially things like Facebook ads. I mean, people sometimes, I don't know if the same people are about to pitch you, but sort of tout it like it's a sort of one easy. size fits all mm -hmm. easy. And I, I think it can work. I know some people who work it well as a tool, but. I think it's quite tricky to get right. I mean, in my experience, it's, it's not a easy one at all. I think my response to that, just as a side note, which maybe we should do a whole episode on is what I think I see happening because we run ads in various ways for clients and, and some of our clients just have products that just work. It just works on, on, on Facebook or, or Google. Other clients that we have, it just doesn't work. And I think that's part of the lesson and the thesis and it going into it is, will my product and what I'm offering work effectively on, on Google or on Facebook or social media ads? And if an expert says, oh, it'll always work, they're just not, it's just not true. It, it's, it's, it's detail dependent outcomes. Yeah. And uh, there you go. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, that's a little nuance into the world of advertising, I guess. I'm going to guess it, the sort of a wider lesson from that is that you can't just copy what has mm. worked well for other people in your yeah. industry or the rhythm of your business. And you mm -hmm. can try copy, copying Russell Brunson's idea of, you know, same mm -hmm. events, you know, mm -hmm. with the frequency. Maybe the frequency was wrong. Maybe Anil works. Maybe he's got so many users that are all prospects mm -hmm. that he doesn't matter. And maybe he's the secret behind that it could be something else in the stack of, of the funnel, right? It could be the fact exactly. that his affiliates are very well paid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, encourage people to use ClickFunnels, for example. So yeah, yeah. There's the, the, you have to look at the situation as a whole. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell me about the branding side. So I know you had some other issues around branding. You mentioned already that you felt the messaging was a bit broad, and, yeah. and also you had the idea of you know is this just this repeat of the mm. same thing? Yeah, that was part of the challenge. The, the the name of it. We also kicked it off on Labor Day. So and so we started to call it the Labor Day challenge. 
because it started on Labor Day in the U.S. If you're outside the U.S., you won't know. But in the U.S., Labor Day is a national holiday. And it's, you know, so everybody takes a day off. It's, I tell my kids that stay the day you're supposed to work. They all laugh and say, no, it's <laughs> to honor the workers. And I say that's socialism and then they, whatever. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, it's a holiday. And so the question was, should we launch an event on a holiday or is that a stupid idea? But it's Labor Day. So it kind of thematically seemed like it would fit. But we mixed metaphors two or three times. We had Labor Day that we were camping on, but then it's still called the Replens Challenge. But then it's really retail arbitrage is the theme. So we got all kinds of sloppy and and it just was not in terms of the focus. So that was part of the part of the challenge or dynamic as well. And so that played itself out sort of in our messaging and on our, our landing page. But you can go see what we have. It's replenschallenge.com. The other thing I'll just mention is that Replens is a product for ladies. And so one time somebody Google just replied to me and said, um, why, what's your, what's your challenge? I just Googled it. What in the world? And so there's just brand confusion with the phrase replens because it is a product and people in our industry know it as replenishable products for retail arbitrage. Well, that's very niche use case of the phrase. And uh, at some point you might get a cease and desist letter from a you know, large consumer packaged good company that says, stop using this phrase. Then we, you know, so we might need to go away from it eventually, but there's that bit of branding confusion as well. So again, we had all kinds of sloppy going on <laughs> with this whole thing. So be so. fair, I mean, trademarks and, and brand names are a real nightmare and they are, they are category specific when it comes to the yeah. legal side, as I understand, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, sure. I've looked into it with clients recently and been educated by lawyers, including American ones, and it is category specific. So somebody's yeah, called... Sure. Replans yeah. and they do, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. I have no idea what it is. It sounds like a feminine that hygiene product or something. But, and if you're in the space of internet marketing, they're clearly very, very different products. There's no yeah. sense of confusion. So I'm not sure you're going to get the cease and desist letter. Or if you do, I don't know if it will stick. But nevertheless, for people who, again, this comes down to who you're trying to mm -hmm. trap, doesn't it? For somebody yeah. inside the arbitrage world, mm -hmm. you're trying to draw deeper into that world. Yeah. It would be an obvious thing what it means. But yeah. it's kind of dog whistle copy, as Dan Kennedy would put mm -hmm. it, right? But if you're not trying to call out the dogs, <laughs> It's mm -hmm. a bit too specialist, maybe, which is an interesting thing. We, we end yeah. up stuck in our own little bubble, don't we, in, in the e-commerce world sometimes. So you talked about the date of the launch. Yep. What about the duration then? Do you think that five days has ended up being a, a better day than better than 30? Or is, is it still something that you're going to be tweaking? I think it's faster, obviously. I mean, yeah. the first takeaway is it's faster. Yeah. So, but we're definitely in crunch mode. I mean, you know, it's, it's a sprint, not a marathon. 30 days was a marathon. This is a sprint. So we don't know. I mean, we're learning. We'll, we'll get feedback from the community and see how they feel about learning in five days and, and, and go from there. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a discovery process for us, to be honest. Yeah, which is honest. I, I think that is how it all is. Isn't it? There's no yeah. one size fits all out of the box. Yeah. Having said all this, as we focus on all the, the stuff negative. that didn't work, let's talk about the stuff that did work. So obviously you've got 400 people there. There's a good vibe in the community. You know, I've been getting your marketing messages and, and there's a lot of energy behind it, it feels to me. So there's a lot that's going mm -hmm. well. So what's going well and what's behind, what's driving that, do you think? Yeah, I mean, two things worked really well this time. Um, I'll just mention ClickFunnels first. It just works well. I, I just become, I'm continuing to become a fan. We've built a team now. We have kind of our... I guess you call engineer, I guess a web web master, I guess you could say, or almost like developer, site developer for our click funnels. You know, when Russell does his funnel Fridays and he shows in 10 minutes building a funnel, it makes it look easy. I was going to say deceptively easy, and that's not fair to him, but it, it makes it look easy. 
And it is easy, but to actually build a fully cooked funnel, I think ours has like 21 steps or something like that. It's And it's rigged up in a lot of ways to fulfill on, you know, the offers and to track things like with pixels and, and all that kind of, it's complicated. So, but it works really well. I guess all that to say, it works really well. And we're excited to continue to lean into using it as a platform tool. You know, we run our whole business pretty much on Kajabi for our coaching consulting business and group business. And ClickFunnels is just sort of this one-off event tool. And we're just continuing to see it work well for us. So couldn't be happier, honestly. I mean, it's 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 done nicely for us. And you're right, 400 people is a fantastic outcome. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Four, four, seven. And I would say that the bulk of that really worked from, I think, effective email marketing. I really tried hard to explain what we were doing via email. And there's this always this tensioner for email marketers frequency of, of sending and, and you, you really run the risk of uh, people, you know, leaving you and offending people and people, you know, unsubscribing or being put off by frequent communication. But nonetheless, we were doing a big event and I had a bunch of details to explain and I realized there was a lot of confusion. So I just did for the week prior, almost a daily, like, here's what we're going to do on Monday. Here's what we're going to do on Tuesday. Here's this topic, that topic, because we had so much we were going to talk about in the event. And each one, as I said, could have been its own event. So I just used that as a tool in essence. And um and that, that worked really well. I, I got one person who responded back one time with a snarky, unkind message to me. He told me I should change my profession, which was funny. <laughs> well, that, that, that was, it was so funny. It was so, such a funny insult. I kind of, it made me laugh and I didn't mind it so much. That's very but, good um, feel, by the way. I mean, you've, you've cultivated a very polite audience because you're such a polite, you know, Christian man that you, you uh, created that kind of audience. So that's, that's not bad. I think pretty much every marketer has has a sort of tale of horror yeah. of, of the way yeah. they've been responded to by somebody, right? They say, yeah, I think one snarky message for a lot of clarity and, and mm -hmm. good responses in 400 participants is a, an incredibly good payoff. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting what you were saying about articulating the email messaging that it sounds like because you felt you had to, you articulated things in quite a cut down bite-sized chunk way in the email. So I guess maybe that's yeah. kind of a, if that's the piece that worked well, maybe that's the hint to take from it in terms of next time, I suppose. I think so. I think I learned another tool that I used. I'll, I'm happy to cite my source and give people a recommendation for this book because I saw this book being recommended by Chris Green. I'd never heard of it before. And then, then I got the book as the audio edition. And the first chapter was a turnoff to me because it was like, I'm 20 and I have a hundred million dollar business I built in the last two years. And I was like, I can't take this. But but then after that, it got amazing. And I was like, man, this guy's really good at his tradecraft and, and, and actually has a very systematic way of approaching industry and offers and that kind of thing. And so I really enjoyed the book. And, and he had in one particular section um, a, good, a good thesis, a good, a good tool for copywriting. Now, the book is called 100 Million Offers, How to Make Offers So Good People Feel Stupid Saying No. It's number one right now in sales and selling on Amazon is by Alex Hormozzi. I don't know if you've heard of that book or 
interacted with him, but it's a I've good heard of book. Alex or yeah. I, I didn't know if I know anything about him at all. I don't, but yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, I think the art of making great offer is one of those wonderfully timeless things, mm. isn't it? That it yeah. doesn't depend on technology. So ClickFunnels is great now. Yeah. In five years' time, maybe it's another technology or something else. But but the art of crafting an offer is still the art of crafting an offer, right? So that's that's really yeah. nice to hear. So and what here's... would you say were your main learning? Sorry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You were going to go just going to ask you what you were going to say. Your main learnings were that may have been exactly what you were going to say. Yeah, exactly. So he just said something at the book at one point when we were we were driving to California and back. And so I listened to the book, and then when I was working on this email marketing campaign work. I remembered what he had said in this one chapter. I was like, oh, that was so good. So I went back and listened to it again and kind of used it as a framework. And it's a very simple uh, copywriting technique. I hadn't heard it. I don't know where he got it from. He references Dan Kennedy a lot. So maybe it was Dan Kennedy copywriting strategy. But he basically said, make a list of all the objections in the mind of your customer that you know they've either expressed to you or that you know that they have top of mind as a concern. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. This won't work for me. I'm in a unique situation because da, 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 make that list. And he said, if your product fulfills those things, literally write how to, in your copywriting bullet points, write how to, and then reverse that, that fear, concern, or doubt. So for example, I don't have enough time. The bullet point would be how to do retail arbitrage quickly and efficiently. And I knew my, I knew this five day challenge was going to deliver on all these things. So I was like, oh, I can totally do this because I knew Kate and Danny and JR and the other, you know, other content, the VIP sessions and all of it would f- totally answer all of the fears, concerns, doubts. Literally, they'll answer people's questions. If, you know, people say, I don't have this or that, they'll, they literally are answering questions in every session. Yeah. I can so hear I was Christine's just, voice in my head just kind of dealing with that because he's so kind of mm-hmm. bright and on it and quick. So, for example, mm-hmm. I happen to know. So mm-hmm. I can totally imagine you'd have complete faith in that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So I just did a whole long list. What could I think that people are stopping saying yes to? What What's stopping people from saying yes? Just made a huge list and I just made them all how to do this, how to do that, you know, secrets of this, secrets of that. And it's honest copywriting with complete integrity. I knew those issues would be addressed in the event. And so I think that's a good copy technique, just as a total side note, well, you know, for our listeners here, if you're selling any product, make a list of all the objections and, uh, and then go get that, you know, book, 100 million offers, 100 M offers. So by Alex Hormozy, it's good. Yeah, it's a good book. I'm always excited by the most evergreen stuff because it's just, if you hone that crop to your point, never do anything once, absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. But the more evergreen the skill set, and Dan Kennedy, like he was anti-technology. Yeah. I mean, he famously he's those deliciously grumpy copywriting style because I think he was a deliciously mm-hmm. grumpy man. And it's really full of character. I mean, he's, I don't know, Texan or something. He's larger than life. For British standards, yeah. he's just off the scale, kind of yeah. like a made-up yeah. character. Yeah. I mean, for example, he threw his mobile phone out of his car literally into a valley after a week because he just hated it. And, but, you know, the fact is that the stuff he taught back in the day yeah, absolutely works now. And I really love that because it means if I hone my craft as a copywriter now in 20 years time, that's going to be honed to perfection and still valid. And I think because it works on psychological principles, doesn't it? Which mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just love that stuff. Absolutely. Really smart. And so how would you say, would you say that was like the backbone of your email marketing success then? Or what, what else would you ascribe that to? Well, the frequency was definitely a thing, but also frequency with topical changes. I mean, I, I change the topic every day. And just gave people another reason to jump into the challenge. So, and, and I 
took each part of the challenge apart and made it a cause for and and so that i guess that's that's in essence my, was my approach to it and and so yeah i think it worked it worked pretty well and and i you know we try to do this stuff with integrity we try to we do it in with integrity and in t- with intentional integrity we we don't want to over promise and under deliver we want to do the opposite of that we want to we want to promise a good outcome or a good product and we want the the customers to join and and to get that and and say yes this was great and so you know that's that's part of the pre-marketing and you got to deliver on what you say and so i think there's a dance there well so those are i think those are five or six things that are lessons a couple negative ones a couple positive ones hopefully this has been helpful for people who are considering challenges i will just say that any marketer who's doing physical product or niche marketing with a private label into an industry could figure out how to do a challenge or a virtual event for your customers. And it could even be like a selfie challenge or, you know, some challenge with your product, do something with the product. And it could be a mix of education and fun activities. And so if this is completely weird and different to you and you think, oh, it's just for information marketers, it's not. So, you know, be willing to go a little bit meta with where you're at. Think about what could work differently for you if you've never looked into challenges. Pedro Adeo's sort of the expert these days on challenges. He's been featured a lot. He's speaking at ClickFunnels Live in a couple of weeks, I think. And he's become sort of the guru of challenges. So you could check out his stuff. And his last name is A-D-A-O, Pedro Adeo. And 100X is his community. So you can Google around and find that. But there you go. So that's my midpoint check-in on our challenge. And hopefully this has been helpful. Yeah, I really like that. Any marketer could do a virtual event. And what strikes me as well is that people divide the world into business to consumer marketing, which is all impulse-led and business to business, which is more corporate and numbers-led. But that middle ground of people mm-hmm. who are sort of curious about RA, OA, that kind of thing, or infomarkets and marketers, I think has also got a lot of overlap with certain types of physical products. For example, I know somebody who's got a business with sort of uh, baking type products involved. And mm-hmm. obviously some people who bake stuff do it for money for other people and then other people do it for their pleasure. But those kind of middle ground people who are doing it for other people, if you set them a challenge that help them to accelerate from it, you know, it's just a kind of hobby to a bit of an income stream. I think, you know, there are many, many thousands of products that could have that kind of community. And uh, you really put your thinking cap on if that happens to coincide. I think that that's a very overlooked opportunity in my opinion. Absolutely right. Yeah. Let me just mention one last thing, which was just another little wrinkle. And then we got to wrap up. The The other piece of this was all the participants get a copy of Danny's book, the new book, a second edition that he did, Become an Amazon Selling Legend Using Retail Arbitrage. So that effort was, you know, the whole challenge was in support of that book. It's currently in the top 20 in its subcategory on Amazon. So that was another benefit and see like even explaining all this i'm like but wait there's more and it's like it, it's just a complication but it was a neat part of this and his book is out there and I'd love to have people check it out if they want to know kind of what in the world he does and how he does it and what he teaches people so there you go one final bit of, of info for the community here brilliant so if you got time to just quickly summarize what you would say your your main learnings were from this experience your your second or is it third by the cherry now mm-hmm Sure. Happy to do it. Yeah. This challenge has been filled with learnings, both good and bad, up and down, positive, negative, and it's exciting to do though. And so the uh, the gist of it is 400 people are happily learning new trade skills as it relates to retail arbitrage and finding replenishable items. And they've gotten great training and in an event that was done through ClickFunnels and then done through a private group, 
the takeaways really are challenges are, <laughs> are exciting and they work and you too should learn how to do one, I think, or just, you know, understand the mechanics of it so that you become a better marketer for your own products, no matter what you do, how you sell. I think there's a lesson or two for everyone in finding out about challenges and how to do them. So that's the takeaway. And hopefully that's a great conversation today. Yeah. Great. Thanks, man. Really fascinating stuff. Really great to hear about. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 447. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.